0: You've heard the headlines. Get some perspective now with Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes.
1: We've spent a lot of time talking about it. This is the Uber, the Lyft fees, supposed to be going into place at Phoenix Sky Harbor. But will they? We're talking about it this morning.
2: The lead,
1: yeah. Phoenix City Council hit a roadblock yesterday when it comes to charging higher fees on ride-hailing pickups and drop-offs at Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport. But it's not over yet. Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnavish issued a report saying he believes the council's plan very likely violates an amendment to the state's constitution. Good thing we have him in studio right now to explain exactly what that means. Yes, in the KTAR studio with us right now is Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Good morning to you. Good morning, Pamela. We appreciate you being here. I also have uh, Barry Markson, who is in all week long, for Bruce St. James, who is vacationing. And, I mean, the first question right out of the gate for you is, do you believe that the Uber and Lyft fees to Sky Harbor that the Phoenix City Council imposed are a violation of the Arizona Constitution.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think they've clearly violated the Constitution. As you may recall, Pamela, in 2018, Arizona voters, by about 64 percent, nearly two-thirds of voters, uh, uh, approved a constitutional provision that basically says the cities cannot impose any sort of new fees, taxes, or assessment on services. And so we believe very strongly that this clearly fits within that definition, and that's why we're going to do everything we can to stop this fee from going into effect.
0: So are are these fees different than other fees currently? charged at the airport for super shuttle or taxis or restaurants inside the airport?
2: Yeah, here's the deal, Barry. I know the city has tried to make a lot of policy arguments as to why they should be doing this or comparing it to other fees, but at the end of the day, what may have happened in the past or how they did these assessments in the past really is irrelevant to the legal analysis. And you know this, you're a lawyer. So when the voters approved this in 2018, it was prospective. It was going forward. So in the future, the voters spoke overwhelmingly that they don't want the cities imposing any new fees, taxes, or assessments. And that is exactly what the city is doing.
0: So the difference here is that it's a new fee. So whether it looks like other fees that were put in the past, the difference is it's new and it was enacted after that referendum was passed. Yes. Okay.
1: So this is like what happened in the past is in the past. But moving forward, given what the voters of Arizona decided they wanted, you got to play by different rules. Right.
2: And this is what, you know, you've heard me say before. But, you know, the law is what the law is. And so if you don't like what the Constitution says, the remedy is not to ignore it and to ignore the will of the voters, as some of the politicians in Phoenix are doing. The remedy is, is that if you don't like it, is to change it. Um, and clearly that's not what they're doing. You can't just pick and choose which laws a, a apply to you. And what I think offends me as the attorney general is the fact that city officials, some city officials, including the mayor, think that because they can make a policy argument that they can disregard the state constitution. And that's just not the way it works.
0: So... Understanding what you're saying now, so is any new fee that any city enacts in, for any reason those are those are all unconstitutional now.
2: Well, Barry, once again, you're you're a lawyer, so you know that um, you know we're dealing in broad hypotheticals right. is always difficult. One of the reasons why we made the decision that we did to say that this, even though I, we clearly believe it does violate the Constitution, but we use the term "may" um, because as a result of that, that means it's fast tracked to the Constitution. So we're going to save time and money by taking, by taking it right to the state excuse me, yeah, taking it right to the State Supreme Court. Second part of that, there was case law, our Tucson gun case, which we successfully won uh, a couple years ago. The court said that when there's no case law, um, there's no precedent on it, the remedy or the Attorney General should, you know, do the may uh, violate the Constitution. That's why we did what we did. So, the question as to the extent and how broad this is, um, quite frankly, um, the scope of it is probably going to be determined by what the court's decision ultimately is. um, As as how broad and, and how all that definition is. That, and remember, and we're talking about taxes fees and assessments on services Mm -hmm. and it was very clearly on services so you know
1: Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich joining us in studio right now saying Uber and Lyft fees at the airport very likely violate state constitution and you you spoke a little bit about fast tracking it to the Arizona Supreme Court when you say fast track your definition of fast and my definition of fast may be a little different so explain to our listeners how this plays out and what's next in the saga.
2: Well, normally in litigation, it can literally take years and a lot of time. And I think that was unfair uh, because we want some sort of certainty. So under this uh, 1487 provision where we have to file these investigative reports, um, the next step is really, quite frankly, up to the city of Phoenix. They can rescind their ordinance. And if they do, this all stops. But if they don't, then we will go to the state Supreme Court and the court is required under the statute um, to make these cases to elevate them and they have to have precedent so they have to be a priority for the court. And we know that. Um, so when we talk about the speed, I mean, ultimately, I can't determine. I learned a long time ago, even being married to a judge, you can't predict what a judge is going to do. You can't tell him what to do uh, or her what to do. And so uh, but but I would anticipate that we're talking about months instead of years as far as the process
0: goes. Yeah, the fast tracking is instead of having to file a lawsuit and go through a lower court and then the appellate court and then eventually to the Supreme Court, we go straight to the Supreme Court. So very good explanation. Barry, <laughs> you should be a lawyer. Maybe- oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other maybe you play one on radio yeah sorry um, as part of the investigation because i think people are interested in this did did the attorney general's office speak with the city of phoenix did you speak with uber and lyft was there was there any factual investigation or was it just looking at the new uh, fee in in regard to the to the referendum
2: yeah, we did not talk to uber and lyft but we did get a response from the city of phoenix and so they they basically laid out their arguments as to why Excuse me. Why they believe this was justified. And so, um, you know, and once again, they 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 continue to make some policy arguments or to say, hey, we've charged these fees in the past. But really to us, that's irrelevant to the legal analysis. So yes, we did get a formal response from the city of Phoenix with their arguments as to why they thought that it was okay to do this.
1: So you spoke with the city of Phoenix obviously about this. Um, Gatos, Just technically,
2: I mean, written, you know, I the, understand. No, communications. I, 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 I gotcha. I,
1: I gotcha. Um, but Gatos in the afternoon here on KTIR, I want to say it was last week, spoke with Governor Doug Ducey about this situation. And, and here's what uh, Governor Ducey had to say about it.
2: I've gotten to know uh, Mayor Gallego. We have a good working relationship. I've come to respect her, and I wouldn't be surprised one bit if she's got a plan B that she's working on to, to fix this.
1: I think if she's got a plan B, we got to see it here relatively soon, but do you think that the city of Phoenix would rescind this fee? Would they stop this fee, or do you think that they are going to fight it to the Arizona Supreme Court?
2: Well, they should rescind it, because I think <laughs> if you look at the plain language, um, I, I, I think it's clearly unconstitutional what they're trying to do, and I mean, this is one of those instances, Pamela, where it's it's not only a dumb tax, I think it's clearly illegal. So, you know, obviously I can't control what. Politicians at the city of Phoenix are going to do, but um, to me, the right thing to do is to save, you know, a lot of time and money uh, by rescinding this. But you know, once again, I think they've shown a complete disregard for protecting the taxpayers. Looking out for the taxpayers, they don't really seem to care. They don't care the fact that you know, if Uber and Lyft you know leave Sky Harbor, um, the impact that's going to have, especially with the waste management open coming up. So there's all sorts of ripple effects. And then, of course, when you have less options, then consumer prices go up. So there's there's all sorts of impacts by this. Irre- Irresponsible and I would argue illegal active active activity or ordinance that the city passed.
0: Understanding that the city uh, and Attorney General Mark Bernavich joining us on KTR. Understanding the city's argument seems to be more policy oriented. Is there anything to their suggestion that this is an access fee as opposed to a service fee? Is that, is that where they're trying to split the hair?
2: You know, once again, you know they, they've tried to make some you know arguments, but I, I guess I would say you know there's an old expression that if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it is a duck. Um, so you know a road. By any other name is just as sweet. So uh, maybe that's a bad analogy, but the, but the reality is they can call whatever they want. The bottom line is they are assessing a fee, tax, whatever, whatever you, however you classify it, what they've classified it as. Um, but the bottom line, it's it's on a service. It's it's on the Uber. F- drivers that are providing a service by picking up and dropping off people at the airport. So I think it clearly falls into that definition.
0: Okay. Just following up on that for just one second, and I, <laughs> I know I can do this with you, Is let's say they have a new tenant at the airport. Let's say they're, they're bringing in a, a, an ice cream shop, and they're going to put it in and charge them rent. It seems like the city is saying, we're renting curb space to Uber and Lyft, and that's how this isn't a service fee. Certainly, they could charge rent to a new tenant at, at Sky Harbor. Is there anything to that part of the argument? I
2: don't know, Barry. I mean, I guess by that kind of logic, do you think that when I drop off my wife at the airport for the three-day weekend. That I should be charged a fee. I mean, truth. I, I yeah. hate to say this, and I that that argument actually offends me because as someone that grew up here in Phoenix, I've paid my taxes. My family's. Their taxes. I mean, we, I remember when, you know, growing up when we did the, the Desert Cove Elementary tour of Sky Harbor Airport, and they were like, oh, we're going to build this third terminal now. And, <laughs> I mean, it's it's so, like, we have paid for that. We built it. Yep. Um, I shouldn't have to pay a curb fee um, if I'm dropping off or picking up my spouse. But that's the kind of logic. If, you're, okay. if the logic is that, well, these people have to pay it because they're dropping people off, then how does that not apply to everybody? And I think that's the danger of this, is that if you accept the city's logic, I mean, can they— basically build a, like a toll road or like Don't give me any journey. ideas here. Hopefully, Pamela, that's not their plan B. That's what bugs me is that so many times politicians are so focused on trying to separate money from harboring taxpayers, they don't focus on okay, is, is this the right thing to do or should we be doing this and is this the right way to do it?
1: But, but even so, it's not about what's right and what's wrong, it's what's constitutional yes, here in the state yes, of Arizona. Right, yes, yes, and so I want to dive into that a little bit more with you. So stick around for us. We've got Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich in studio talking about the Uber, Lyft fees, Phoenix Sky Harbor. What's next?
0: Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes.
1: Yeah, you've got Pamela Hughes, Barry Markson in for the vacationing Bruce St. James, and we are joined right now by Arizona State Attorney General Mark Burnovich. It's fees, 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 and more fees, especially when we're talking about ride-sharing and Phoenix Sky Harbor. Obviously, this has been a story that's been in the local news since, I want to say it was like, what, October of last year when the city council first voted on it. They voted on it again in December. And um, I want to Talk to you um, a little bit about the the city, and did they get political pressure not to do this? Political pressure to do this because in the statement released by Mayor Gallego's office, she says despite this being the law of the land, political pressure has led to the AG to punt this issue to the Arizona Supreme Court. Attorney General Mark Burnovich, are you punting? And did you succumb to political pressure? (laughs) Oh, Pamela, I don't even know how to respond
2: to that. I guess my answer would be um, uh, city officials apparently don't understand the Constitution, and they don't understand football either. Um, I think that filing an action at the state Supreme Court um, that possibly will take away Tens of millions of dollars of, of the city state share revenue uh, fast tracking the supreme court i wouldn 't consider that punting the issue. I would consider that as the equivalent of maybe you know throwing a, a touchdown pass
1: okay but let 's dive into that a little bit more when it comes to how the the people of Phoenix could potentially be penalized by losing the state revenue i don 't think that that 's something that a lot of people understand that they could be losing, what is it, 10%?
2: Yeah, it it ends up being literally, I've heard figures about an estimate of about $20 million. I mean, um, you know, once again, people have to talk to the mayor and the people that voted for this ordinance. I know there's people like, Council with the CCO that have been adamantly opposed to it, uh, but you don't hear many people on the council opposing it. So they essentially are, for whatever reason, I'm not going to speculate on their policy, why they may or may not do, you talk about politics, but you know at the end of the day, they are gambling with hardworking taxpayer dollars. And I, I will tell you as, as, as a resident, as I said, someone who grew up here as a resident of Phoenix, it offends me that they are trying to impose this silly tax on us to begin with It's inconsistent with the Constitution, uh, but the fact that they continue to double down and try to justify what they're doing. Uh, I mean, really, it's, it's just ridiculous. And quite frankly, I had not heard that statement, but um, I just think that shows how, to, how out of touch uh, apparently uh, the mayor is. But I guess that's I guess that's what politicians do. They raise your taxes and they regurgitate talking points. Uh, but I think our pleadings, our 15-page pleadings speak for themselves. Clearly, this is unconstitutional, and we'll see them at the state Supreme Court.
0: Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich is joining us. We're talking about his recent opinion uh, just yesterday uh, regarding the Lyft Uber. Uh, fee or tax at the airport. It is, let's talk about next steps. It, it, this isn't something that can be settled uh, between the Attorney General's office and the city, right? I mean, it's, it's well, either, either they have to rescind the tax.
2: Theoretically, or, they can rescind the tax. You right. may recall, Barry, there's been a couple times where, you know, we're required into law when we get these complaints from a state legislator to investigate them, issue a report, and make a determination. And so there have been past issues. For example, not commenting on the policy, but there's a state law regarding plastic bags. The city of Bisbee passed an ordinance, you know, regarding plastic bags and we told them it was inconsistent with state law, what the city of Bisbee did is they said, we don't want to jeopardize our state funding. We don't right. want to um, get in, you know spend a bunch of time and money on lawyers. And so they rescinded the statute. So the easy thing for the city of Phoenix to do, or the council to do, um, is to do the right thing and rescind the statute. But if they don't do that, what will happen is we'll be on the fast track to the state Supreme Court. And I'll give you a little bit of breaking news here that um, on Tuesday, we plan on filing not only our um, action at the state Supreme Court special action Supreme Court. We're also going to file um, a motion or a special action to ask the court to stay this tax from going into effect until they have an opportunity to hear arguments on the constitutionality of this. Because the big thing is, is that we don't want this going into effect because we think it's clearly unconstitutional. Its effective date is February 1st. So we want the court not only to declare it unconstitutional or inconsistent with the Constitution, but we also want the court to stop it from going into effect on February 1st.
1: Have you heard from Uber or Lyft as to whether or not they would stay if there was a stay put into place? Because they say that they're leaving.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've heard that. I have not talked to them you know, myself, but I know that I've read the stories, I've seen the stories that say they are going to, and I think that um, they, they seem to be very, very serious about that. I mean, obviously, it's it has a big impact, I think, on their business model.
1: Sure. So, last, I've got one last question for you here. We're up against the clock, because we do try to be fair and give perspective on this show. So coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, around 10.30, we are going to talk to the attorney for the city of Phoenix, Jay Caboo, about this. Oh, tell him I said hello. (laughs) Do you have a question for him? If Um. If you could ask him one question, what would it be?
2: Oh, I, I don't have any questions for him, I <laughs> guess. I, I, I think that he's representing his client, and um, you know, so he, he'll, he'll do his best, but I think that uh, deep down he's got to know that he's got a loser of an argument.
0: But there's, there's no settlement. In other words, the city can't come back and say, we're going to do a $2 fee. It's either they rescind it, or we go to the Supreme Court. With right, Barry, and,
2: and it's funny. Right. I, I, we've heard rumors. Once again, you hear rumors, second, third hand, where someone was saying, oh, the city's about to cut a deal with Uber to cut a It, it doesn't matter. If right. it, bottom line is, under the Constitution, if it's a new you fee assessment tax, it's unconstitutional. They right. can't do it. So whether it's $2 or $4, it's not the amount. It is not the whether the policy is good or bad. It's, it's the fact the that they're doing it. It's, it's the, law. the law.
1: State Attorney General Mark Burnovich in here breaking down what is going on with the Uber and Lyft fees, and he believes it violates the state constitution. We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. All right. Hey, you know what? Coming up next here, my goodness, there is never a shortage of things to talk about when it comes to politics here in the state of Arizona, and Martha McSally going on the offense here. Yes. Is she being rude intentionally to raise money? What's the strategy behind all of this? We're diving into that next here on KTAR.
0: Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes.
1: Man, you're a liberal hack. Liberal hack. Yes, I think it's like hashtag liberal hack going on right now on Twitter. Uh, Yeah, thanks to Arizona Senator Martha McSally in the halls of Congress yesterday. She was approached by CNN political reporter Amanu Raju. And this is how that went down. Senator McSally, should the Senate consider
2: new evidence as part of the impeachment trial?
1: Man, if you're a liberal hack. I'm not talking to you. Liberal hack? Uh, yeah. You know, another liberal hack, uh, Barry Markson. Oh, 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 wait a minute. I'm joking. I kid because <laughs> I love. Yeah. No, but that is Barry. I'm not kidding about that. He is in all week as Bruce St. James is on vacation. You know, what, Barry, you and I were out at Barra Jackson yesterday when this first broke. We played it on the air, and so you and I were just responding to it um, in real time and not really. having having you know time to process and and I initially said this is this is not going to play well and, and- 30 seconds later, I backtracked that yeah. and said, well, there may be some strategy behind this, yeah. that she may be taking a defined position, as in treating the media this way um, because it plays well to the base. This might have been by by design.
0: Yeah, and you said that yesterday almost right away, and I didn't think so at first, and now I think you're absolutely right uh, for a couple of reasons. One is, and we just played one clip of it, but right after she said that, they're walking in the halls of, of the Senate, and then she goes into a meeting room, and she says it again. She calls them a liberal Hack again is almost like you want to make sure it's recorded, and, and then on top of that, her office is recording this. They're videotaping her walking down the hall. That doesn't normally happen. So they had it up on Twitter. Uh, the Trump the Trump uh, campaign for twenty twenty they tweeted it out and with with a link to give money to Martha McSally and. Pamela, we were just talking about this earlier in the week. Uh, Her fundraising is down. Mark Kelly has raised $20 million last year compared to $12 million uh, for Martha McSally. This seems like like a fundraising ploy.
1: And you know what? It's kind of working. You've got the uh, Trump War Room that actually tweeted out, three cheers for Senator Martha McSally. This is how you handle fake news at CNN. Donate to Martha now with a hyperlink so people could donate. Had over like 900,000 views. You better believe that's going to generate some cash. And you know what else she's doing to generate some cash? Selling liberal hack (laughs) t-shirts. Yeah. Shirts have got like, you know, the you're a liberal hack buddy, um, all for a small contribution to McSally for Senate. Just thirty five bucks. 25 bucks for your liberal a, hack t-shirt?
0: She'll sell them. That's
1: what you're getting for Christmas next year. Oh, be, ah, that's, that's what you're getting just, for Christmas Just call next me
0: year. a hack. It's good. But it's got her on. It's, she's been on Fox. She was on Laura Ingraham yesterday. She's being talked about. These things didn't happen to Martha McSally before. So it's it's worked perfectly if that's your plan, which is to get a lot of attention, even if it's bad attention, and then put that out to the base and try to rate, get them to give you some money.
1: So, okay, you talked about uh, Senator Martha McSally being on Laura Ingram yesterday on Fox News. And, and they went back and forth about whether or not she exchanged, you know, she regrets the exchange with Manu Raju. She doesn't. No. Okay. She doesn't. Uh, she's getting a lot of play out of this. But there there was an interesting moment, because whether or not you like Manu Raju, he asked a question. It wasn't uh, a trick question. It, was a it wasn't question. a gotcha question. Yeah. It was a question. And she didn't answer it. So I found it interesting that Laura Ingram followed up and asked it again. What Sugar. about Manu Raju's question? Do you want witnesses? Sure. I want a fair trial. Okay, you're um, going to the play house. the game with no, you. No, no. You can call me a no. conservative Look, hack, I, but do you want witnesses? Yes or no? Why aren't you telling us? Because we're going to vote on, on on Tuesday to start the trial and let them present the... Uh, well, how are you uh, going to vote me? on the motion for more wi- for witnesses? We're going to get to that. I mean, I'm not going to tell everybody what all my votes are going to be, but obviously my point... Pretty easy question, don't you think, Senator? I think we're going to proceed forward at that point, and I really... But hope you're not going to vote with Romney vote. and the other it all down, Are you? You're going to you're going to you're going to vote. We'll proceed to a final vote, uh, I hope, with uh, strong unity.
0: Boy, you got to give uh, mm-hmm. Laura We're Ingram Ingraham some credit there. Yeah. I mean, she she pressed it. She yeah. asked several times. She said, you can call me a conservative hack if you want, but answer the question. And Senator McSally wouldn't answer it. And that's okay. I mean, that's what a lot politicians of politicians not do. answer a lot of no, questions. No, yeah. I no, mean, that's okay. But I, I give, uh, give Ingraham credit. And what it points out is, I mean, keep in mind, this is Fox News' Laura Ingraham. The, the question that Manu Raju asked was not a bad question. It wasn't a gotcha question. It was a reasonable... It's, yeah. it's a question that's being asked of all Republican senators right now, is will you allow additional evidence and new witnesses in this impeachment trial?
1: And one of the reasons why so many of the reporters are asking Arizona Senator Martha McSally this question is because they know that... She she is in a very competitive race right here in Arizona, as you and I have talked about this week. Um, her likely opponent on the D side, Mark Kelly, raising more money yep. than her. So this is she's able to fundraise off of this. But, but I want to talk to our listeners about this, because we are the ones that get to decide who is going to represent Arizona in that Senate seat next year. And th- this is this is about her likability, So I don't want to hear from those who love Senator McSally. I don't want to hear from you if you hate Senator McSally. I want to hear from the people in the middle. I want to hear from about the 6% of voters that are on the fence. Yes. uh, OH Predictive Insights say that uh, 46% of likely voters view McSally in a good light. 47% don't like her. Wow! So that leaves about six in the middle. You are who I'm talking to right now when Senator Martha McSally does this. Senator McSally, should the
2: Senate consider new evidence as part of the impeachment trial?
1: Man, you're a liberal hack. I'm not talking to you. Does that mean you are more likely to vote for her or less likely? Does that increase your like your likability for her, or does that decrease your likability for her? React on our open mic line six zero two two hundred two seven three three. That's 602-200-2733. We want to get your thoughts on this. And that open mic line is brought to you by Carol Royce with Keller Williams Realty East Valley.
0: The real question is, do you get a free T shirt if you call in? That's the that's the real question. How many T shirts? is I'm she not spending thirty
1: five dollars on a T shirt <laughs> like that. Now. That's pretty
0: amazing. That the whole election. I guess we know that the whole election comes down to six or seven percent of people. That's that's uh, interesting. It, it, I'm, I'm curious. It's a great question you're asking everybody to call in with because that's the. she did this to raise money. She did this to appeal to her base. But does it get her the additional 4 or 5% she needs to win an actual election? That's the it, question.
1: But also, it may get her an additional couple million dollars that's true. to that's help helpful. fight this. So even if you do love her, you know this can really help her out. Yeah. But when it comes to votes, when it comes to votes... Do you like the way she handled that? Do you not like the way? Is it going to sway you one way or the other? 602-200-2733. That is our open mic line. And we will be playing some of those calls back for you later in the show. Coming up next, student debt is going up. Hardly anyone is paying it down. So is college really worth it? All of that coming up next on KTIR.
0: Arizona's news station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes.
1: Yeah, we've gotten to the point now that college debt is the second largest category of debt that Americans have just behind mortgages, right? And it's going up and it's going up and it's going up. It's not coming down. And for the longest time, it was going up because, well, more people are taking out loans and those tuition payments are going up. But what we're finding out right now, Barry, is that one of the reasons why debt continues to rise is because... No one's paying it down. Folks are slow to pay off that debt. They're they're taking some of the programs out there that take a look at their repayment plans based upon their income, which means they're taking a lot longer to pay it off. The in, the uh, interest is going up, and you see how this starts to balloon.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's. It- College debt, I think, is is one of the biggest problems we have with the economy in the entire country. Uh, People think they have to go to college, have to get a college degree, because that's what we're all told, right? You want success in this country, you have to go to college. And college is expensive. I mean, even in state now, it's expensive to go to college. So people come out with that debt. And I think a lot of times they come out with jobs that at least initially aren't paying very much. They can't pay down the debt. And it becomes this this ongoing circle that that they can't get out
1: of. Yeah. And so when we find out that just, just a little over half of people who took out, loans, uh eh, 2010 to 2012, have made any progress at all in paying down that debt.
0: Yeah, many just paying off the interest or not paying, making payments at all. And You have to also remember, there's a large percentage of people who go to college and take out that debt and don't graduate. Yeah. So then they end up with nothing but the debt. You don't have the degree, but the debt remains.
1: Okay. So I, I think that this, these are important conversations to have, not just because they're about money and the... Just the the hardship that having that kind of debt in like your 20s and 30s brings upon you and the family that you you want to create. But I think it's starting to change the perspective of is college really worth it now. I came from a house, Barry, where it wasn't, are you going to college? It was, where right. are you going to college? It was a foregone conclusion. I had to go to college. Whether or not I wanted to, my dad was like, I'm sending you somewhere. Where are you going? And I think that there's still a lot of parents that have that kind of philosophy, but it's being challenged. It's being challenged when you look at um, what's the rate of return on it. Now, a college degree it still means that over the course of your lifetime, chances are you're going to be making a million dollars dollars more than somebody who just has a high school diploma. But kind of getting away from that, that like really black and white type of argument, I think you're negating a lot of the trades out there. We know that electricians, we know that plumbers, right. we know that I remember KTAR years ago did a story on the highest hourly rate. OK, not hourly rate, like who makes the most per hour Without like a salary or a degree, all right? And it was an elevator repairman. Oh, yeah. Who was making like well into these six figures, and it blew my mind. I think that, like, if your kid's not ready to go to college, because to expect a 17, 18 year old to know what they want to do for the rest of their life and then saddle them with the tens and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in order to get a degree, in order to do something that they don't even know if they want to do, right? We as parents need to start, like, kind of challenging our viewpoints on that. Yeah, and then
0: that's. It's important. I mean, the, the thing is, though, the people who are making the hundred, the six figures who are working as a plumber or a carpenter or an elevator repairman, they're smart, too. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, gosh, it's, yes. It, they have a, they have an absolute intelligence. They have a, a, a skill set that many, most people don't have. And they might and be they,
1: more, more intelligent because they didn't take on the debt.
0: Right. And many, and many times they're entrepreneurial, so they're starting their own businesses. I mean, this definitely can work. Um, but. If you generally speaking, not going to college is going to make it a little d- more difficult yeah. for you to do well uh, in this economy. But the debt is crippling. And it's not just bad individually. It's bad for the entire economy. It used to be people would come out of college, and they'd start making money, and they'd buy a house or a car, and they'd get married. And now you see younger people. They don't do that anymore because they're coming out of college with 100000 in debt or $75,000 in debt, and they feel like they're out of control, that they don't have a, a handle on their – on their finances, and how can I start my family or start the rest of my life yet until I pay down some debt? It's it's a very it's a vicious cycle, is what it
1: is. And it's going to be interesting to see where this goes and 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 where it ends up. The reason yeah. why I say that is when I went to college, when you went to college, you know, you you went away for anywhere between like four and six years, you know, for for the undergrad, and you got a, a, a skill set. You you learned um, a trade, for lack of a better term, and then you came out and you applied it. And yeah, it it changed as you got into the professional world, you had to develop different skills. But the industry itself didn't necessarily change so fast. Things in industries are changing overnight nowadays. So you put a kid in school for four years, four to six years, they learn about a business. And when they come out, it's vastly different than what they've learned. So we need to start changing the way education takes place. We need to start changing the way that we view education in order to properly, you know, train these kids for what's next.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can look at this. And and frankly, there's ways to to get a college education without Bankrupting you or yes. putting you in a lot of debt. I mean, you want to be really smart. Go to a, in Arizona. Go to a community yep. college for two years. Get a get a community college degree, and the first two years of your education very
1: inexpensively,
0: and then transfer to a state university.
1: But okay, let me ask you this because your your kids are, are older than my daughter. My daughter is ten. Your your kids are
0: seventeen and uh, sixteen.
1: Okay, so you're in that realm where yep. a lot of you know you're friends with a lot of their their friends' parents. Oh yeah, w- Would those parents. Would their ego be okay if their kids went to a community college for two years?
0: You know, it's funny. I don't think mine would be. But I, but yes, we, we know kids. My, my son's a senior in high school. We know kids who are absolutely going to start God. at community college. Some because... Maybe they can't get into regular college yet, but also some are saying, "Hey, I'm going to do this for a year and see how this goes because it's
1: it's crazy expensive." Yeah, I think that there are a lot of parents though that take so much um, from, "Hey, my kid's going here and yeah. my kid's going oh, here." My no- and it somebody, saddles those kids. So
0: many parents debt. wearing the college uh, uh-huh. shirt from from where their kids going to college as if they're going there. It's hilarious. Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: All right. Hey, you know what? We talked about this earlier in the week, but it is getting like national attention right now. This is the uh, Arizona HOA that wants to kick out a teenager uh, from his grandparents' house because they live in like a 55 plus community. So it really comes down to should you follow the rules or is it all about compassion? Next on KTAR.